Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to Firing Synapses. This is a show all about exploration. I want to learn what makes you, you. This includes your hobbies, passions, whatever else drives an emotion. However, if you want to come on just to vent about what's currently bothering you, I'm perfectly fine with that as well. My goal for this show is for you to have a good time, learn something, and have the opportunity to talk about what you normally would not get a chance to share with others. Thank you and enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show. For those of you who are return listeners, I thank you very much. I appreciate all the love. For those of you who are new to this endeavor, I am your host, Matt. Joining me on today's episode, I want to welcome DJ from the Noise Noodle. Hi, DJ. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. So uh, today we are going to be talking about something I think most of us at least at one point had a fantasy about as being in a band, a musical ensemble, a group, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I still have that dream, but you know, it's kind of, I'm kind of late in life to like start learning how to play and play well with others. So I figured I have someone who's more involved into it. So that's why I have you on. Uh, and if you don't mind, kind of give me a little background of what you play, you know, what kind, what's your music genre of choice, t- that type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so um, the Noise Noodles is a two-person band, uh, which is me and my cousin Joe. Uh, so we like grew up together. Uh, we played music together all through high school. Uh, both of us play guitar and bass, uh, as well as ukulele a little bit, and we both split vocals uh, for our band. Uh, Joe does most of our instrumentation, although I can play, and I do most of our lyric writing. Um, so our genre, we do like punk rock, uh, but with a comedic focus. Uh, so there's not really a comedy rock genre, but where that's what I would describe us as. So, ukulele, that seems like a, an odd instrument to be in a part of a band. How's, how did that come about? Uh, so, it's just, ukulele is one of the easiest instruments to play, especially with uh, both of us started playing it after playing guitar. Uh, and we just kind of realized, we don't use it often, but there are a couple songs that we realized like having a ukulele with very heavy guitar can be a fun thing to hear sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I know if I heard a ukulele play in, in whatever you know setting, I would probably be like, Ooh, let me, let me at least see what these people are about. I mean, I think that kind of like would draw people in. It's either going to completely repulse people, I think, or draw them in for, you know, further listening. So I think, that might be a really good, you know, maybe second or third track in, you know, kind of you know, breaking the ice and be like, hey, what's what the hell is that sound? <laughs> yeah, it's fun, too, because we've found there people make like electric ukuleles. And I think that would be fun to have and something that if we can get enough money to buy one, we are probably going to do. 
All right, so you, you mentioned ukulele, guitar, bass. I didn't hear anything about drums. I mean, I know you and your your you said your cousin share vocals, but what do you do for like drums? Do you just put down like a drum track, or do you like ha- like hire somebody to come play with you? Or yeah, so we both are interested in learning drums, but neither of us know how to play right now, um, and we don't own an electric drum kit to record on. Um, we have a very simple recording setup, uh, and that's part of the appeal of our sound is that it sounds like music recorded in a basement because it is music recorded in a basement. Um, I mean, if it works, go for it, right? Yeah. Um, so we do. We just record on GarageBand, and we use a mix of the presets on GarageBand and then doing a few specific tweaks for those drum tracks okay uh so i mean aside from this year when the whole pandemic thing going on prior to that did you are you only a studio band release it on whatever platform you know spotify or whatever uh or, or did you go out and actually go to like physical tours and do like physical shows um so up to, even before covid we were only doing uh recording and studio stuff uh we have always been interested in doing live shows and both of us um have played with other bands and other people so like if we did a live show it wouldn't be an issue for us to get a drummer um and figure that out um it's just something that like we both uh, attend university um, and I go to Penn State. He goes to East Stroudsburg University and those are three hours away. So it's just a little, it's harder for us to find a place that we can both try to play together at. The distance is definitely an issue, but yeah, uh, especially with, you know, really not really supposedly going out everywhere and stuff like that. But that's one good thing about, you know that type of music i think you probably can record your stuff on your section and he can record his and then kind of combine it that way if need be i mean might not be ideal but it's definitely a possibility yeah and it's a lot easier now for us to just jump on a zoom call and write some songs um than it used to be so we've like figured that end out and then the recording is a little bit easier especially with the setup that we already had uh, and so we do, we just release everything on streaming platforms. So like where we release through a distributor that allows us to put it on like pretty much every streaming platform imaginable. Now, is this something you make money out of or is it just for fun? Yeah, I mean, for, uh, you know, giggles and chins. Wait, I, I don't know how to say that without cussing. that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you do it for, for money or for fun? There we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so technically, we do receive revenue from streams, but like we're operating at a loss consistently. So like it is just for fun. And both of us just wanted to get stuff out there. And we're both very creative people and just wanted to be able to express ourselves that way. And we're just very lucky to live in a time that pretty much anybody can decide to express themselves creatively. 
is it is it pretty much just friends of yours hey hey i got a track want to check it out or like do you have a somewhat decent following that you know people are waiting for new tracks to come out especially at the start it was a lot of just friends and family but we've had a surprising amount of like we get a lot of like instagram dms of people being like hey i really love this song and like me and all of my friends listen to this a lot or like we've had people like ask us for the chords to some of the original songs we've written um so we do have an audience outside of friends and family now um that were uh that are pretty they so far they've been a pretty loyal fan base yeah i mean everyone's got to start somewhere right so you can't you can't you know be record label breaking type of thing from the start everyone starts out in a garage or in a basement type of thing um so you said you and your cousin, you know, pretty much play the stringed instruments. Now, when you record, do you kind of like, hey, on this this track, I'm going to play guitar, or you know, you you can play bass, or we'll we'll do our track, do your track, kind of split it up. How's that kind of like the? I know you said you're doing a lot of it over Zoom now, but like, how does that process work? Yeah, so that's a lot of. Uh, us sitting down and uh, since I write most of the lyrics I have a general idea of what I want the song to sound like and uh, Joe is really good at just hearing that and knowing exactly what I mean and so he's able to just pick up a guitar and he is a lot, lot better with music theory than I am and so he's able to put something together uh, and usually after a couple takes, we're able to get something we like. Um, for a lot of, I mostly do instrumentation on our covers because um, I can just look up a chord chart and then play that really easy. And my strength is with rhythm guitar with instrumentation. Uh, so that's usually how we split things up. And then for vocals, I usually, when I write a song, know who out of us, uh, whose range it'll fit better. So you said Joe is more into the music theory and chord progression and stuff like that. Did either one of you go to like music school or just take it as a younger age? Or did you just say one day, hey, I'm going to learn how to pl play guitar and eventually I'll play the ukulele. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how does, <laughs> how does that go into it? Yeah, so uh, Joe played trumpet in like school marching bands growing up for a while and so he had a very long history with uh music uh i've tried to get him to play trumpet on it, some of our stuff but uh he is too out of practice at this point is what he keeps telling me uh so he that's like why he's better with music theory is he did play from like late stages of the elementary school up and then i started playing guitar my eighth grade year uh he's eight months younger than me and i think he started playing his sophomore year of high school so a couple years after me uh but we we both started playing and we were playing in like a church youth group band uh and that was like the first time we had played together for anything uh and that was like where we kind of got our start with just playing uh, and playing in front of people and feeling confident and putting music out there for people to hear. Did you enter like 
high school uh, talent show competitions and, you know, try to get out as much as you could when you're like kind of learning or was it like, Hey, I'm still learning. I'm not good enough to express myself. So I'm going to learn better. And then I want to show showcase my stuff. It was a lot, lot of the latter. Um, it took us about two to three years of saying we wanted to start a band together before we actually did it. Um, so it was a lot of like we wanted to feel solid uh and then eventually we were just like you know what screw it like it does we're never going to be confident enough so we should just do it and the confidence will come later so like only being the two of you do you have you or do you still kind of feel like i'm a subconscious where you're almost like you feel incomplete that you don't have a drummer type of thing do you ever feel that way or is it just like our type of music with or without a drummer or you know the the timekeeper is you know we can fill that in later we don't really need that to do what we do yeah i think that we i don't think we feel incomplete i think we both recognize like uh we would like to feel better with percussion but that's more like we both would like to learn how to do that um and it having just the two of us does make it easier where um there are certain things where we have a little bit of a shorthand with each other that like we wouldn't have if we did bring somebody else in um so there are things that i can just like tell him like this is what i'm looking for and then he knows um and especially with like having it be like comedy it has to be stuff that we all find funny and so having grown up together we both know what each other think is funny and it's easier to find a product that we're both happy with so I, I think I've had this discussion on my show on previous shows about I'm still like any type of a strength instrument, guitar, ukulele, bass, uh, violin, whatever, whatever has a string is hard enough on itself. Right. I, I understand, you know, but for the most part, you know, you have a fretboard or, you know, whatever and you, the lengthening or the shortening of your string will produce a certain pitch or, you know, tone type of thing. The, minors and major chords and all this good stuff. What I always wondered is all those like woodwind instruments, all your, um, uh, you know, anything that involves just you making the, the, uh, the note, the note itself, like a trumpet or a tuba. I always find that extremely fascinating that people can say, Hey, I'm going to make a C sharp with my mouth little mechanical uh maneuvering but yeah most of it it's all internal i don't i i I don't understand how people can do that i don't like i know joe might be the person to ask for this but i don't like i i find that fascinating that people can i'm I'm gonna make a b flat or i'm gonna make an f sharp or whatever i don't know how people can just throw that out there yeah it's definitely it's just something that gets trained over time uh it there is a little bit of like naturalness i don't know if that's a word um with like being able to just hear a note and there are people who have a better ear naturally than other people but also 
ear is something that you can train and there are a lot of different exercises for that and there's just a lot of training that goes along with it so i mean you mentioned something about having you know an ear for music and a natural ability to hear something can you do that yourself where like maybe you want to cover a song do you hear a song whatever whatever song you want to cover and you say well i pretty much know how to play that what what uh effects to put on it or do you are you do you have to look it up first and then play from sheet music or tabs yeah it usually it goes back and forth so usually with the solos uh joe will just listen to something and if he feels like it's off a little bit then he'll look up a tab uh for stuff that i play i usually look it up and then i'm adjusting it for uh i mean like like you said like shortening and lengthening like sometimes like capoing stuff and figuring that out uh so like putting uh something on the guitar that shortens it to change the pitch um yeah so it's a lot of it is we just kind of figure it out um and when we're writing our own music we just decide what key we're gonna play in and then uh we set we usually for original songs we'll set the drum beat first and then uh we'll figure out how we want to work that key over that drum beat uh, so, I, so you you mentioned a couple times about um, original tracks, and I think you said uh, co- covers. Are you more of a cover band, or are you more of a original band, or is there's a good mixture of both, just depending on whatever you feel like making? Yeah, I think it's a good mixture of both, uh, but I think we have released more original music than covers at this point. Uh, we started by doing covers because that was easier. It was easier for us to find a foothold and figure out how we could work with each other through that. And then we moved to writing more original stuff. Uh, and I mean, our covers tend to perform better than the original stuff, but we still have a lot of fun making the original music. Uh, and we have a couple songs that we're really proud of. Now, when you do a cover, are you trying to, uh, you know, completely reproduce the track yeah, as written, or do you take that as inspiration and put your own twist on it? We definitely put our own twist on it, and especially considering that we're shooting for comedy. So, like, we have, like, a cover of the 20th Century Fox theme, <laughs> and... We do that with guitars and vocals. Um, and so we, when we look at it, we look at a song and we say, okay, either we're making this sound like what our general sound is like, or we're making it sound like more comedic than the original song was intended. Yeah. Now I personally, I'm a huge fan of covers. I almost, I'm like, one of my other shows, I talked about how, and I, and th- I know this is probably controversial to some people, but I never liked Beatles songs. I never liked uh, uh, well Christmas songs, but that's a different story. Um, who else? Uh, Michael Jackson, like their original music, I'm not a fan of them. I you know I 
can't I can't change the dial quick enough. However, if someone's covering them and it doesn't matter if it's if it's a metal version, if it's a pop version, I almost guaranteed to like the cover version better, even if it's like almost identical to it. It's just something about I don't know if it's this those particular bands that like my brain just says no. I'm not I'm not hearing any of that, but if if it's a if it's a cover, it's like at least give them a chance. I don't I don't understand my my thought process behind that. It's just one of those weird things. Yeah. I don't know. It is interesting. There are definitely a few of those out there that uh the covers are like there are some that even the covers are more popular than the originals. Yeah, and I I'm trying to think of and I I cannot remember who it is, but there is that that I guess they're a comedy uh music group that like two two Garfunkels two what are that called? There's like two girls that are in there and they kind of do cover songs with like ukuleles and stuff like that. And for the life of me, I cannot remember what they're called. But once you said that, I'm like, oh, is it kind of like that, but the male version of it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. I also don't remember their their actual full name. Yeah, I know she's like got dark hair and it's like very dry. Oh, that's what I could do. I could look up another period because I know that she was on that show, but I can't for the life of me, I cannot remember what they're called. Um But as far as uh so you said you put uh you put more of a comedic spin on your covers. Well do you have an opinion on people who, you know, cover the song exactly compared to putting their own twist on it? Or is it just song by song basic basis? Yeah, I think it's pretty song by song. Uh, I think for a cover, you do have to do something to try and make it original. Um, at least for like, if you're recording a cover, if you're playing a cover live, I think it's probably okay to try and match it up. But if you're recording a cover, it should be something that's straying from the original. Like, uh, there's a song, one of my favorite covers is um, the, there's like a rock cover of uh, the song 99 Red Balloons. Uh, and that's like one of my favorite covers of all time. And they took a song that was more like, synthy and poppy and they made it rock and like pretty hard rock and i really appreciate that cover because of that and i think both versions have their merits i just looked it up garfunkel and oats that's who it was i couldn't think of it is kate mercucci and uh ricky uh lanthrum uh that's just once you said that i'm like that's kind of the first my first thought was i'm like not that you're trying to completely copy them but i don't know if you've heard of them or took inspiration from them but that's kind of comedy and weird uh things like that kind of just remind me of that's who i first thought of yeah, I've definitely heard of them. Uh, I don't know if I've actually listened to anything by them, though. Uh, I don't know if I've gone out of my way, but I think it's when they've been on shows that they kind of like pretty much if if one or both of them are on a show, then it's almost guaranteed at one point they're going to break into their songs and stuff like that. So you said you're in university now. Are you Are you doing anything music related or... Or what you're going to school for is completely different. 
Yeah. So Joe and I both actually are in the same major uh, and neither of us are music majors. Uh, we're both in psychology. Uh, I'm going to graduate at the end of this year and he's going to graduate next fall. Do you uh, plan on putting more time into your music after you graduate or is this like you hope that's what's going to happen um, and going to play it by ear? I think we it's going to depend on where we're at uh, geographically. Um, if we're closer to each other, then we'll be recording music more. Um, I also plan to sink a decent amount of time into uh, starting to do more stand-up. Uh, so I'm going to be sinking a decent amount of time into that, um, working a job wherever I can find one. Um, and so Joe, after he graduates, uh, he does want to keep doing music and we're going to try and find ways to do that as best we can. Uh, but he's definitely going to grad school at some point. So that's going to take up a lot of his time. You say about, uh, going on to hopefully stand up comedian, would you do almost something like a Stephen Lynch where, you know, you pretty much have a guitar up on stage and then you, you do a set, play a song, do, you know, you know, do a little bit more talking, play a more song related to that or, it, do you kind of want to like go stand up and I, music as a different project? So far, I viewed them as two different projects. There are a lot of stand ups like Bo Burnham is really great at playing music and incorporating that into his comedy. Uh, and I really appreciate them. Um, but I think I'm gearing it a little differently. But I think it would be really interesting to be able to have a show where it's like I'm opening with stand-up and that's the opener for the band that I am also playing in. You're, so, yeah, you're like emceeing yourself type of thing. It's like, yeah. and, and next up on the stage, me, but with a guitar in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> what else is going on in life? I mean, like I said, I, I know we're, we're, you know, pretty much hopefully, you know, getting back to kind of normal and, you know, you're, you know, doing your your schoolwork and you're doing some music on the side do you, what else do you do for fun i mean do you uh do you do anything that's non-music related yeah um i watch a lot of sports i'm a big sports guy uh and so i've been into that uh as this is recording the nfl playoffs are happening and i'm pretty into that um i play some video games try to work out it's really hard with COVID still being a thing to try and get all the stand-up stuff going. Uh, Cause I decided I was going to start doing it during COVID. Yeah. Like, uh, May 1st. Let me, uh, let me go out and see who's uh, doing any opening has any openers available. <laughs> oh, nobody. Okay. <laughs> it's a tough time for that, but just trying. Uh, I'm hoping I'm applying to a bunch of jobs in like los angeles and so i'm hoping to get something out there and to move out and that's like the one place on earth there in new york that stand-up is still a thing yeah and i you know a lot of those comedians well especially during uh covid and stuff like that are moving out to you know like texas and like those midwestern states where they don't they're not 
you know, being charged ridiculous amount of money to for rent and places like that where they can do podcasts, they can do like Zoom comedy shows and stuff like that, which is still kind of weird. But I mean, if if you your you know your sole income comes from entertainment, this this time of uh, life is got to be very hard on people. Yeah, well, it's like Dave Chappelle uh, lives in Ohio. He's from Ohio, and he's been doing a lot of shows in, like, small Ohio towns. It's like, I sold out a theater of 12. (laughs) (laughs) But there's just, like, a lot of the big stand-ups are doing stuff in, like, parking lots and just, like like they just all love performing so much that they will find any way to be able to do that so i listen to uh, a lot of uh jim and sam on uh xm radio and so you have a comedian on there and they they talk have all their comedian friends and they talk about how you know those people are doing you know sets at a drive drive-in theater or parking lot where people instead of laughing they're just blowing their horns or you know doing zoom calls stuff like that that's got to be like uh you know shocking to those type of people where they're used to some type of you know uh you know bridal party being loud or drunk guy being obnoxious you know to all of a sudden go from that you know the clanging of uh you know barware and the drinks and stuff like that to like Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's turn on I, your windshield wipers or, or <laughs> you're flashing your you're flashing your lights you know that's got to be a, such an odd um uh, change of life for them yeah well it's like i i've heard a few comedians and especially with like improv which uh i'm also interested in and hope to get more into but i've heard a couple improvs talk about how like when you're doing comedy your focus is on the strangest thing in the room. And that's has to be just super like, or like it is just super hard on zoom to like figure out what that is. And like, sometimes it's the weirdest thing in your room that nobody in the audience can see. And that's really hard to deal with. And I, I've had a very hard time trying to do zoom stand up because of that. <laughs> Now, I don't know about you, but like at where I record these episodes, I have three monitors set up. You know, one's usually for like the Zoom window for people who decide that they want to play with their video, which I, if as a breaking the fifth or fourth wall, whatever, breaking behind the scenes, I always tell people, you know, video is completely optional. You can, you can come on here with or without video. I, for my end, I always keep my video on because. I'm nothing pretty to look at. So I figure if they see me and I'm not, you know, an Adonis looking guy that it's a, it's a safe space. You could, you can be uh quote unquote ugly and be on this show. I'm the only one that's going to see it. So that's why I keep my video on. If you're shy and you don't want to, you don't want to, uh, you know, show people that's fine too. I don't have a problem with that. But like I said, that's why I show my face because, you know, if I have the confidence to do it, you know, anybody should, you know, I'm I'm no pretty person at all. I'm no, you know, Vega from Street Fighter. I'm not that person. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I kind of forget where I was going with this. Thing. Oh, yeah. So I have multiple monitors, one for video, one for my recording, and like usually one for notes. So a lot, lot of times, more especially if I don't have a video to look at, I'm looking at my local recording of this 
make sure my lines are going up and down and I got peaks and I'm not, you know, <laughs> you know, clipping. That's that's kind of what I'm looking at if I don't have a video to look at. And as you can see, and I've I've talked talked about this many times, I I'm always talking with my hands. So if as for future guests, if you're ever on the show and you see me on here, I'm going to be talking with my hands probably 70% of the time. Can be kind of distracting, but I I've been doing it all my life. I can't stop. So for yeah. those future people who ever become on this show, just know that I'm going to be waving at you the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I have my hands under the screen and I'm literally right now, I have a container with a bunch of like heads for a like replaceable like screwdriver heads and I'm just like playing with that with my hands because I always feel like I need to be doing something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right in front of me, which you can't really see. I have a whole bunch. I have camera batteries. I have uh, cable clips. Anything that doesn't make sound, I'm you know constantly fidget spitting it. So I have things that make noise, which I don't like to touch. But anything that's kind of silent, I'm always rotating it around, flipping it, turning it. So I do have that nervous twitch in me. I usually, this is like... I've been I've guested on a few podcasts now and uh usually I'm wearing like merch from the band just in case uh the video's on but I decided to not do that today. I did have a guest the other day and um he he did have his podcast brand on him and he made sure that you know you saw bust up you saw you know the the name of his show and I'm like I, that's fine if that's what you want to wear if that's what you have laying around just know that the, only the three people on this call are going to see that video. So, I mean, if that's what you feel comfortable wearing, that's fine. But, you know, <laughs> I, I'm going to give you plenty of plugs at the end. You, you know, you can plug whatever you want. If you want to, you know, plug, hey, I'm going to be at my sister's bridal shower at Chuck E. Cheese, you know, on next Tuesday. You know, you can come. You know, you can do that if you want. But yeah. um, that's why I usually try to open it up. Whatever you want to plug is fine with me. Yeah, that's. I think that's really funny that you bring up like sister's bridal shower. Um, Cause like going back to music, like the, my favorite experience playing music is that my older sister, when she got married, asked me to play her down the aisle on guitar. And so I learned uh, how to play Canon in D on guitar. Uh, <laughs> and so that's like my favorite, favorite musical memory probably so you, you played your sister down the uh the aisle huh yeah that, that's cool i, I thought you were gonna say yeah i was playing while they're opening the presents at the bridal shower <laughs> and i know this is completely all topic but what what's your thought of men going to bridal showers i'll, I'll go first if you if you're if you want some thought i think it's creepy i don't think men belong at bridal showers i know that might be unpopular to some people but it's i think that's a it's a women's only activity as much as you know i support equal rights and all this good stuff i don't think men belong at a bridal shower or baby shower or anything like that anything that has shower in it i don't think guys really shouldn't be expected for them to show up you know that's just my opinion i think it depends on the context of why they're there so I think like if it's like sincere that they're there, it's probably a little weird. 
but if it's like acknowledged that it's like they're there and it's like kind of a joke that they're there i think that's probably fine i i'm willing to shirk most uncomfortability for the sake of comedy so yeah i mean i am uh i've told people numerous times look i am not afraid of making a fool out of myself to entertain you i mean right now my head looks like a box of nerds blue and purple i've worn kilt out to places you know i've got you know i'll cut you know if if it doesn't like physically hurt me and sometimes that's the stretch i don't mind doing it um i've i talked about this numerous times but i play cornhole i don't know if you know anything about cornhole but I play, uh, you know, competitively. And I played a few times in my kilt, which is always, uh, my first statement is, well, if it's not, it's going to be, hey, are you wearing underwear under there? Are you Irish or Scottish? Uh, and did you lose a bet? Those are usually the top three questions I always get if I'm wearing a kilt, no matter where, where I'm at. <laughs> like, for, <laughs> like I, the, the, the times I've heard, did you lose a bet because of that is ridiculous and my my immediate response is nope i won thank you very much (laughs) (laughs) yeah i so like for a lot of our album art i'm like i for most of my life i was like obese or overweight and f- like during that period of all right my join life, the fat kid club <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so like during that period of my life we had we made a lot of album art covers where i just don't have a shirt on <laughs> um, or like i'm wearing like a jacket with nothing underneath um, so so going the burt kreiser route then yeah <laughs> um but then like we've done other stuff i think we have we have an album art for something we haven't released yet that i'm wearing a dress um and i'm like but i'm like i like still have a beard and i'm like flexing while i'm wearing a dress so i'm being as masculine as possible in a dress is basically the joke there <laughs> so almost like uh kurt cobain and uh in bloom That's, what song is that one where he's like playing on the TV, he's in a dress and he's still got like his five o'clock shadow. <laughs> or like uh uh Matt Parker and Trey Stone from South Park showed up to a red carpet event yeah. in dresses. I think they were also really high on drugs for that though. <laughs> I I mean, if you look at pretty much any episode of South Park, yeah, there's definitely <laughs> outside influence pretty much to like 98% of all their shows. Yeah. But yeah, I recently uh I was hanging out on a Zoom call with some friends and somebody said they didn't like cereal uh because of like putting milk in it. And like they don't like adding milk to things, and I was like, it, "But like you do that for like cake." And then they were like, "Yeah, but you would never bake a bowl of cereal." And so I committed to the joke, and I cooked a bowl of cereal <laughs> in my oven for thirty minutes. Like I am very willing to commit to jokes. <laughs> and then I I ate it and reviewed the cereal. This, this cereal, this baked cereal, is a little dry. I wish I someone added a little bit more milk into it. <laughs> well, I, I I ovened it with milk in it. Uh, it. It basically became oatmeal. 
Yeah, there, there's one thing about just saying something and yeah, going uh, full commitment and going for it. You know, it's like, I know this is going to be a terrible ideal, but uh, I've already said I'm going to do it. So I'm not backing down now. So, <laughs> But it's like, we also like, we have a YouTube channel too, where we do like vlogs and sketches and stuff. And so like one of our vlogs in one of them, I go to Goodwill and I'm buying the dress. And then part of the vlog is me like putting it on. <laughs> and like, so I just, I really don't care about many things. <laughs> so did you try it on at Goodwill or did you already know your size? So you didn't even need to try it on. No, I just <laughs> would fit. And that if it didn't fit that, that would be funny in and of itself. Like I put it on too. And like my boxers were like, like you could see like three quarters of my boxers coming out of the bottom. Oh, so you got one of those uh, cocktail dress dresses. So w when you're doing things like that, are, do you kind of have in the back of your mind of, hey, this will make a good album art. You know, let me let me go out and buy this dress. Let me go buy this wig. But let me keep my Hulk Hogan two-toned uh, beard and, and goatee <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> yeah, I think for that. So for that one. Uh, so we've done, we did a cover of Girls Just Want to Have Fun, and then we did another cover of Dancing Queen, and I think that was for Dancing Queen, and that's the one we haven't released yet. But it's basically, I'm doing, that is a woman doing vocals, and I'm doing my best to do vocals that sound like a woman. And so that was like, I was like, all right. I think it would also be funny if the cover art is just me wearing a dress. When you do like female voices or not natural, do you try to do everything? Uh, I don't want to say locally, but like in person compared to trying to fix it in post? Or I mean, do you like, All right, I'm going to go for a girl's voice. I'm going to make it known that I'm trying for a female voice but it's completely obvious that it's coming from a male or do you try to be more like, Hey, I'm going to go for a female. Let me make it try to sound like a female either by me or by post-production. Yeah, we, we do all of that and we keep, we don't like pitch shift at all. Uh, we keep it, whatever the highest register we can get with our voices. We keep that as the take. And the only thing that has to get fixed in post with that is that, doing vocals that way can cause a lot of spikes in the audio. And so just uh, leveling it and mixing it uh, is a little more difficult. A couple of times you, you, you mentioned something about in the key of this or in the key of that. Uh, I, I mean, I, I've dabbled around it with musical instruments, but I've never understood like, how can you tell if something's in a key of, like, F sharp or, you know, whatever key it is, B flat? It doesn't really make a difference. I I, I know, like, if you're reading sheet music, it, there's connotation of, depending on where your flats and sharps are, will tell you what key it is. But can you, like, just by hearing a song or by, just by playing it, know what key it's in? Usually how that goes is, like, certain chord progressions are associated with certain keys and so if i hear like a g chord that transitions into a c chord that transitions into like an e minor and f i know that that's either the key of g or the key of c and then like the order of that and some of the other chords that might be in different parts of the song would like 
finish indicating what key that would be in. And are there songs either you know you covered, you made, or just are out there that switch key mid-song? I don't have a good example, but there definitely are songs that do that. I mean, I mean that's completely within the realm of possibility. So for the first, you know, the the first chorus is in like F sharp, or and and then whatever the the ver- verses are in, you know, you know B minor, whatever. Uh, that's something that some people do do. <laughs> um, it's something that is very difficult to do, and. I think a lot of people have probably toyed with, but have only made it into popular music a couple of times. Um, I want, I don't, I can't confirm this and I don't know what exact song it would be, but I feel like Queen's done that at least once or twice. Wouldn't put it past them. They seem like that would be the type of group that would, you know, do something different just to be different type of thing. Uh, so are you more likely to get a time signature change over a key change? Like you might be in 6-8 for one part, go to 4-4, four, four, the next part type of thing. Yeah, that's more common, especially with like rap being the popular music right now. Like there are at least a few rap songs uh, that that happens in because the beat is more important in rap. But there are some like classic rock and stuff. Uh, that also do that. Um, I'd say it's more common. It's still extremely uncommon in general. Not that it, it needs to fit into a neat, uh, nice package, but if you know you have different tempoed songs, or you know, like let's say you start out in four-four time measure, measure, and then somewhere into it you go to a six-eight, and you might go back to a, you know a four-four. Like if you're like trying to describe this as time signature do you do what's predominant or do you say it's it's a four four mixed with some six eight time signature like i said i i know this is me just being like my ocd self and i need to have things fit into a nice package but if that question were to come up on like let's say i'm on jeopardy and (laughs) trying to think um i think that it lists just the predominant time signature and then you would have to like listen and hear the other one to like recognize it um i can't i'm not entirely certain on that though uh i wish i have a roommate who's a really good drummer and he would definitely know the answer but he's not around right now (laughs) i mean do you uh kind of have like almost like drummer envy where like all right you know if you look at sheet music and you look at percussion you know that you know the first space is going to be your bass you know your second space is going to be your snare and then you got all your toms and your uh, you know symbol like every symbol for every line in space is you know it's pretty clear of what it is but i know personally like i said it might be different for you because i don't know if you can read sheet music or not i'm assuming you can that you know uh major minor chords can be played in multiple locations and you can tune you know drop detuning or you know drop anything tuning uh do you sometimes feel envious that like percussion is like it's pretty much spelled out for you i mean other than getting coordination well i mean i know that's a weird question and but, yeah. but most of my questions are but <laughs> 
No, I mean, I get what you're saying. I also do think it's a little more complicated because I think you can have like good drumming that is just pretty simple. And as long as you do have that coordination, like you're getting done what you need to get done. But like great drumming goes above and beyond and looks at that and sees what you need to do with the sheet music and then adds to it. So like, um, I, if I learned to drum, I wouldn't want to be able to just be a good drummer and just like kind of go through the motions and be able to just play a little bit of what I need to and like just stay on time and maybe add a little bit of extra sauce here or there. I would want to be able to really like go in uh, if I had the opportunity on a song. So it's almost more like you want to play music, uh, you know, like play your part of the song and not just kind of follow the leader type of thing where, you know, uh, you know, I know I used to drum and, you know, they would teach me, you know, rudiments and here's your paradiddles and double paradiddles and all this stuff. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, I can go left, right, left, left, right, left, right, right, you know, and, you know, doubles and stuff like that. But, you know, when am I going to use this? When am I going to use triplets and, you know, uh, rolls? And so I eventually got to play with my brother. And I'm like, well, I, I'm only going, you know, here's, you know, basic two, four downbeat and you're playing, you know, the crash on the ones and, you know, hi hats on the ones and threes and snare on two and four. But like, once I, like, I don't know how to, be creative but still be uh you know be a part of the song and not just someone who's making noise in the background yeah it is it can be difficult because if you get overactive then you're just overtaking the other instruments and that's not great uh but there's definitely space to like play around and like we when we're like doing the electronic drums we always look at like all right, where can we add fills? How many fills can we add? Uh, are there parts where we do want to have, like, insert, like, like, I think we might have one or two songs where we do have parts that it's just the drums, like, either leading into an intro with the other instruments, or there's, like, a pause in the song, but we keep the drums going to kind of build back up. Uh, so like, even though neither of us drum, we do like think about that stuff and think about how to get creative with that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you're both using, you know, have similar, uh, music background and, and what you want to accomplish, you know, you can, you know, fill in with drummers and stuff like that. Like what, what's that band fever three, 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 they, they don't have a drummer. I think it's either a sound machine uh, yeah, I think it's just a sound machine. You know, they just have that playing on and they are fairly decent. I'm not a huge fan of them, but I know they do pretty well. Yeah, well, we we had a joke for a little bit because we used to put like credit who would play what in each song. And so we came up with a name for the uh, like robot drummer <laughs> um, and we would just credit that. Um and i think the the initials were gb which is like garage band <laughs> it wasn't tish then i stabbed her 
<laughs> which um, that actually happened. Somebody uh, I used to know, I kind of still don't know them. They uh, they made up a whole website on this band that like there was like four members and you know they named themselves. Then I stabbed her, and it, I think they even made merch and stuff like that. And they're like, I think they even got booked at different gigs. And it's like, yeah, we want you to come play for us. It's like none of us can play any instrument. I mean, <laughs> and I think eventually. Uh, they learned how to play, so they turned their joke, you know, into a, a real band. So that's that that goes back to that commitment of a joke, you know. <laughs> yeah, we're we're going to make this full website and merch, and you know, have people wearing all these t-shirts, and then it's like, hey, let's, I want I want to hire you. I've heard good things about you. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, none of us can play. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of there's this one. I've been really into this one band recently called. Uh, king missile and their story is basically their lead singer started off um just like performing like avant-garde poetry at a poetry club and then somebody came up to him and was like this isn't marketable you should like turn this into something else to be able to like get this out there and so he found a bunch of really good musicians and started a band to like put his lyrics over uh and like they i like really like some of the stuff they've put out and it's like it's like comedy and it's kind of similar to what like we do and so i was when i found them i was like this is like perfect for me kind of sounds like uh henry rollins you know all of his just spoken word and they, they fill it with music underneath of it <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think we've uh, been before we end the show. I want to open this up to you and uh, feel free to plug. Where where can people find you if they're looking for you? If they're looking for uh, uh, noise noodles. Where can they find them? Yeah. So as I mentioned, uh, we have a YouTube channel. Um, we're on pretty much every social media. Um, so our YouTube and Facebook pages are just noise noodles. Um, on Instagram, we're at the noise noodles uh twitter at noise noodles um we are on uh pretty much every streaming platform spotify apple music um teaser title um we're just all out there um we have our first album um is dropping uh february 14th um which is probably passed by the time this is coming out um so it should be out by this point um and yeah that's uh that's what i got awesome uh once again thank you for being on the show and uh sharing your musical and other knowledge to me appreciate yeah. it thank you very much for having me all right uh so with that i'm gonna say goodbye everybody you have been listening to firing synapses with matt hamity I want to thank everyone who listened to the show. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with your friends. Also, feel free to send all questions, comments, constructive criticisms, and new topics to mhamityphoto at gmail.com. That's M-H-A-M-I-D-Y photo at gmail.com. It just may end up on a future episode. If you would also like to help the show, you can follow me on all your social media platforms, which includes Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
It only takes a couple of seconds, and it's still free. Otherwise, goodbye, everybody. <laughs>